I need I need the handheld mic. I can't do the uh, the ear thing anymore. I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's I think it's the head shape, and I feel sorry for my kids. But um, like I kid you not, I literally have to buy special sunglasses because like regular sunglasses, the little nose pad things like just float, and they won't because uh, the face is flat. And so I think it also affects the uh, the ear mic thing. So I can't look cool. I, it, it, like I have to hold the mic because um, if not, I just spend the whole time like messing with it and cursing the heritage. And so it's um, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the mic. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, I am so excited to get a chance to uh, to share with you guys on a not holiday weekend. And uh, my name is Pastor Daniel. And for those of you that that haven't had a chance to uh, to meet. <laughs> I'm just going to preach to this side of the room since Pastor Brad's sitting over here. How you guys doing? You guys doing all right? <laughs> Man, it is, it is good to be here. Um, I'm just going to hop right in. You guys have ever, have you ever had this happen where um, you have like a, an activity or, or something that, that you do, maybe like a sport or a hobby or you're decorated, just, you know, some Pinterest thing, whatever it is, you know, something that you do and you do it for a while and you think, hey, I'm pretty good at this, you know, and, and maybe you look around to other people that you know that, that try to do it, and you're like, wow, I, you know, I'm not to be proud, but like, I'm, I'm not too bad at this, this thing, whatever it is. And then you meet someone who is like really good at that thing, you know what I mean? Like mind-blowingly good, and instead of being like encouraged or challenged or motivated to go back and do better, like you're devastated, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, I stink, can't use the other S word. I stink, you know. I'm just, I'm just awful at this. I don't, I don't even want to do this thing anymore. This happened to me once um, when I was in high school. And at this time, I was playing drums in our, uh, our church youth group. And um, I've been playing drums since I was about 10 years old. And um, I thought I was a pretty good drummer at this time. I've been playing for several years. And I was, you know, I've been to other youth groups. And I'm like, I'm better than this guy. But, you know, so I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm, I, but at this time, you know, I was, just, I was just a drummer. When I say I was just a drummer... I mean that kind of in the word. I was just a drummer. For those of you that aren't musicians, you know, drummers are kind of like, unfortunately, I'm sorry, sorry, Craig, if you're in here. They're kind of the low man on the totem pole in, in, the, uh, in the musician world. You know, most of the musician jokes are about drummers. Can I share with you my favorite musician drummer joke? So um, how do you get a drummer off your front porch? You pay him for the pizza. Oh. That hurts. That hurts. Sorry, Craig. Sorry, wherever you're at, if you're in here, buddy. Um, so I was just I was just a drummer at this time, and uh, so I went to um, in the youth group I was in. There was a, a girl in there that uh, played saxophone in our uh, high school's jazz band, and so she kept bugging me, "Hey, you got to come check out our concert. You got to come check." Out. So finally, I said, "Yeah, I'm going to go check out the jazz band concert." So I go and check out the jazz band concert, and I sit down, and it was it was just this great show. Like uh, the that starts out, it's just the drummer and like the conger player up front. They're doing the whole jazz like thing, and like all the jazz band people run down. They do like the big number and. And the whole time I was there, though, because I'm a drummer, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to the drummer. And this guy was good, like really, really good, like so good. In fact, I was not motivated after I left that concert. I was not encouraged. I did not say, I'm going to go home and practice to become a better drummer. I'm going to go home and work on my craft. I left that concert and I said, that's it. I quit. <laughs> I'm never playing drums Again, I've been playing for years, and I can't hold this guy's drumstick bag. You know, I, I just, I quit, I'm done. So I went home, and I had my stick bag, and I threw it in the trash. I was like, I'm done. 
And um, fortunately for me, the only reason I went and dug that thing out of the trash was because I was scheduled to play in our uh, church's uh, big service on Sunday. And I didn't have a chance to do that very much then. So I had to go in and, you know, and dust the rice and kimchi off my stick bag and, and go in. And, you know, I had, I had very pungent smelling drumsticks for the next few weeks. But, you know, I'm glad that I didn't let fear and I didn't let intimidation keep me from a defining moment in my life. Because I, I took those sticks out of the trash, I went on to continue to play in that youth group, and the worship leader took me under his wing, kind of mentored me, taught me piano, eventually learned how to play guitar, which meant I, I eventually became a worship leader. I graduated from being just a drummer, and uh, then I went on to lead worship in that youth group, then I went on to lead worship in that church's adult service, and then it eventually led me to where I came and auditioned at a church called Connection Church, and they couldn't find anyone better, and so God put me in that place, and, and I, I led worship there, and then all of a sudden, Two churches come together in one, and now I'm leading worship in charge of just an incredible, incredible worship team. And I've gotten to be a part of that. And not only that, but getting to lead the best congregation in Tulsa in worship every week and getting to be a part of that experience. I would have missed out on all of that if I would have kept the drumsticks in the trash can. And I wonder how many times we let fear, we let intimidation, we let worry, and we let doubt hold us back from the defining moment that God has ordained for us. Because I think um, that a lot of us, many of us, we want to do great things for God. We want to step in to our own defining moments. I don't know about you, but I have just been challenged the last few weeks by some of the stories that we've had a chance to hear. A core community um, last month, we heard an amazing story about someone involved in anti-human trafficking in, in the country of Romania and how they're, they're saving all these people from sex trafficking. Last week, we heard an incredible story from the lady that, that is founded and is leading Nightlight Tulsa, incredible homeless ministry that meets under bridge every Thursday night in downtown Tulsa. And I hear these stories, and I'm like, yes, I want to do that too. I want to do something great with my life. I want to step in to my defining moment. I want to find what that is, and I want to do great things for God, but then the second I think that, I also think the, the worry, the fear, the intimidation comes, I can't do that. What, how am I supposed to step out? What, what would I do? How could I uh, begin to even think that I'm qualified or able to, to do something great for God like that? I can barely keep my own life together. I can barely keep myself together. God, how am I supposed to step out and do something great like that for you? So, so can, we just, um, can we just be honest here for a second that, that stepping out and doing something big for God and putting yourself out there, that, that, that's really scary stuff. Like it sounds great, you know, like when you hear it on a Sunday morning, like go out and change the world. Go do something big for God. And you're like, yeah. And then you get out and you're like, holy cow, what, am, what in the world am I supposed to do? Like the actual, you know, it's one of those things that like a preacher says and it sounds good, but you're like, okay, how do I actually live that out? Can we be honest that that is really scary and it's really intimidating and it's really difficult to figure this stuff out? Because even, even in my own life, I, I think about, like, I want to do these great things for God, but it's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to step out on a ledge and not sure if it's going to hold you. You know, I, I hate putting myself out there for things. You know, my least favorite question, and maybe some of you guys can be with me on this, my least favorite question that I get asked on a weekly basis, and, and if, if you're with me on this, can I get a big My least favorite question in the whole world is this, where do you want to eat? 
Hate it. What sounds good for food? Oh, my God, it kills me every time because I don't want to decide. And I'm indecisive. My wife's indecisive. And so we'll literally in the car back and forth for like, it seems like eons. It's like, where do you want? I don't know. What sounds good to you, honey? Well, everything sounds good to me. What sounds good to you? Well, whatever sounds good to you. Well, I don't know. What sounds good to me? What sounds, you know? And it's just back and forth. Well, it doesn't sound good. Well, this doesn't sound good. Well, that's like one thing. It leaves like 800 options still open. I don't. I know. I'm just trying to help. You know, it's just like we're just... It's such a difficult thing for me to, to say, where do you want to go eat? And I figured out why I hate that question so much is because I don't want to put myself out there and choose the wrong thing. Like, I don't want to pick the restaurant that we go to, and it's bad, and then I've ruined everyone's day, and then the family all of a sudden hates me. Because this, like, happened once after church. We, we left, and I don't want to throw the, uh, the establishment that we went to under the bus, but it's, it's t- exactly two miles north of here, and they serve burgers and ice cream. And um, we went there once, and we normally don't go to that particular location of this establishment that serves burgers and ice cream. But I decided... In my wisdom, I'm like, honey, let's go try this one. So I'm like, I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to step out there. And can I tell you, we waited like 25 minutes for our food, and it was cold. And it was just a bad experience. And I felt personally responsible that I had ruined my family's day because I chose the wrong place to eat. And I was thinking, if I'm scared to put myself out there to choose between burgers and chicken, then how much more am I fearful to put myself out there to do something great for God, to expose myself, to say, I'm going to do something. What if I'm wrong? What if I miss it? What if I make the wrong choice? What if I don't hear from God? What if I'm not qualified? What if I'm not adequate? It's scary to put yourself out there on the ledge, isn't it? And I, I, I narrowed it down. I think there's four obstacles. There's four things that we deal with when it comes to stepping out into our defining moment, when it comes to stepping out and when you're at this, this crossroad of needing to hear from God and needing to make a decision about where you're going to go in life or needing to figure out what I'm going to do. And the first one is this question of when. When? When is God's timing? You ever wondered, you ever had something come up? It's like, man, is, this, is it God's timing for me to do this? Is it God's timing for me to look into adoption? Is it God's timing for me to look into going back to school? Is it God's timing? When, God, when is it? Because, you know, you would, wouldn't it be great if God made the timing thing, like, really clear? Like, he opened up the road and, and made every circumstance line up, you know, so that, oh, God, you're speaking to me. This is your timing. But clearly, that, that doesn't always happen. You know, a lot of times when it happens, you wonder, God, if this is your timing, wouldn't you have made the circumstances a little better for me to step out and to do this thing, God? Wouldn't it be, if this is really your timing, then, then, then why is this still happening? Why don't I have this? So the first question we face when we step out into our defining moment is when? When is God's timing? The second obstacle we face is what? God, what am I supposed to do? What, what step am I supposed to take? Sometimes it's just not clear. You're like, God, what, what do you want me to do? God, speak to me. You know, tell me what you want to do. Tell me where you want to step out. The third thing we struggle with, I, I think, is worry. We, we worry, what, what happens if I can't do this? What happens if I step out and I fail? What happens if I take this step and I'm wrong? What happens if, if I let people down, if I let my family down, if I let God down, if I let myself down? What, what are people going to say about us? What, what am I going to tell my church? What am I going to tell my friends if, if this falls through, if I can't do it, if I can't handle it? And we worry and we doubt and we have this fear. 
The final obstacle I think we face when we step out is simply why. We look at, we look at these first three and we look at all the circumstances and we look at, at trying to figure this out and you say, you know, why do I even want to step out and do something great for God in the first place? What's wrong with kind of the status quo? What's wrong maybe with not doing that thing? You know, it's like I'm still a good person. I still believe in God. I still go to church. You know, why do I need to step out and do something big? for God? Isn't, isn't maybe what I'm doing just enough? I mean, this is, this is really hard stuff we're talking about. We're talking about exposure. We're talking about risk. We're talking about taking a chance. You know, we're talking about rolling. I, I don't know if we can use this. We're talking about rolling the dice. You know, we're talking about taking a gamble in a lot of aspects. Why do I even want to do that, God? Wouldn't it be better just to play it safe? Well, today I want to look at one of the most well-known stories in the Bible And I want to see how the disciples faced these very same questions, these very same concerns that we've just talked about. And I want to see how they, and especially Peter, because we're in this series, Defining Moments, where we're looking at the life of Peter. Especially Peter getting ready to have a major defining moment. And we'll see how God unplays this plan and this process of stepping in and stepping out into our defining moment. So the first um, the first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to look at four, uh, in this story, we're going to look at four different stages, so four different stages of what stepping into this defining moment looks like, okay? So if you're a note taker, I, I like, kind of like the outline thing, you know, so if, if you're like real type A, man, this, you're going to love today's message. Can I get an amen from my type A? Thank you. All right. You're with me. All right. So if you have your Bible, turn with you, turn with me, and with you too, I guess, turn with me in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, we have those available in the next steps room, which is that room uh, right by the front doors. I've given out a lot of Bibles lately. It's great, man. We love to place Bibles in people's hands. So if you don't have a Bible, go out and grab one. You can also download a Bible on your smartphone or tablet. Uh, Go to corechurch.com. There's a link to a great Bible app uh, there. So Matthew chapter 14. And we are going to uh, start in verse 22. Uh, through 24. It says, uh, reading out of the New Living Translation, it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. The first stage of stepping in to your defining moment was what I call the storm stage, the storm stage. And see, the disciples right now, they had no idea what they were getting ready to experience. They had no idea what they were getting ready to encounter. All they knew is that they're doing what Jesus told them to do. They had no idea that Jesus was setting up one of the greatest stories, one of the greatest moments in human history here. All they knew is what Jesus told them, hey, get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. And as they do this, okay, Jesus, you're saying get in the boat, go to the other side of the lake. A huge storm rises up, and next thing you know, they're fighting for their lives inside of this storm. And I, I wonder if you have ever felt that way, that you're trying to do everything God tells you to do. You're trying to live how God wants you to live. You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to make the right choice. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of doing that, Jesus, I'm doing what you want me to do. Jesus, I'm trying to live how you want me to live. A storm arises and you find yourself holding on for dear life. You find yourself fighting against the wind. You find yourself 
yourself fighting against the waves and you're like, God, where are you? God, I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do. God, I thought I was behaving how you wanted me to behave. Why is this storm coming up, God? Why is it all of a sudden now, God, even though I'm following you, even though I'm doing the right thing, God, I'm finding myself holding on for dear life against this storm. God, don't you see me out here struggling in this, in this storm, God? Don't you see the waves trying to take me out, God? Don't you see the wind trying to tip this little boat I'm in over, God? Where are you, God? Why would you allow this? to happen. Who sent the disciples into the storm? Jesus did. Why would Jesus send the disciples into a storm that could have very nearly killed them? And during this moment, don't you think the disciples were feeling what you and I feel when we go through the storm? They were feeling fear. They were feeling worry and they were feeling anxiety. They were confused by what was happening. They were, they were having all of these emotional doubts and all of this worry that was piling up. God, why are we in this storm, Jesus? We're doing what you told us to do, and yet we're in the middle of this storm. I want you to see what happens next. In verse 25, it says that about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now, you'd think that the disciples, if they would have seen Jesus walking on the water toward them, that would have been a sign of relief. Like, this is a guy they had just seen feed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. This is a guy that could do some serious stuff, and he's walking on water toward them in the midst of the storm. If I would have seen Jesus coming there, you would think, hooray, we're saved. Jesus is coming toward us, and he's walking on water. How cool is that? But no, it says they see Jesus, and they don't recognize him. They're scared. They're terrified. They say it's a ghost when they see him, and, and I, I think it's, it's so Interesting that the storm in their life was so bad that they didn't recognize Jesus in the middle of it. They didn't recognize Jesus in the middle of the storm. All they could see was the wind. All they could see were the waves. All they could do was try to hold on. But the whole time that they were doing that, Core Church, the whole time they were doing that, Jesus was in the storm with them walking toward them, making progress toward them. And when you're in your storm, when you can't see God, could it be that God is in the storm with you, that he's walking towards you, that he's making progress towards you? And could it be that he's setting up and that he's orchestrating a, de a defining moment in your life, a divine encounter for you in the midst of the storm, that he's going to use the storm to set up the defining moments? Could it be, church? But the thing is about defining moments is that defining moments seldom come at a good time. Defining moments seldom come at a good time. See, if, um, if I were Jesus, right, and, and if, uh, that's a scary thought, but if I were Jesus, what I would, what, how I would have set it up, if I really wanted to teach Peter how to walk on water, I'm like, this is going to be a good teachable moment for Peter. I'm going to teach him how to walk on water. How I would have set that up is I would have picked a calm day. I would have picked a nice day with a nice breeze where the water was not turbulent. And, you know, I would have, I would have stepped out like a few feet from the boat. And I'm like, see, Peter? It's you know, like, kind of like you teach your kid to walk. Like, see, Peter, it's okay. Come onto the water and, like, have Peter take a few steps, you know, and build up his trust, build up his faith. Or maybe even better, yeah, I probably would have started Peter off in the kiddie pool. 
You know, I would have brought the old pink, the pink plastic pool, filled it up. It's like, okay, Peter, now walk across this toward me. See, that's how I would have set up teaching Peter how to walk on the water. I would have tried to create the best circumstance and the best time possible. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus decides, I'm going to teach Peter how to walk on water in the middle of a storm that he thinks he's going to die in. In the middle of the storm that he's not sure that he's going to survive. You know, I think that's a great time that I'm going to teach Peter how to walk on the water. See, the the timing could not have been worse. But Jesus orchestrated the divine moment in the middle of the storm to show Peter who he really was. And get this, church. If Peter would have waited for that storm to pass, if he would have said, okay, okay, God, I see you out there. I'm going to wait for these winds and waves to pass before I step out. He would have missed his defining moment. He would have missed his defining moment. And I wonder how many times in my life and how many times in your life we miss our defining moment because we try to wait for the storm to pass. We try to wait for the storm to pass before we step out. And so we say, okay, God, as soon as, as soon as the storm passes, as soon as the time is better, God, as soon as I have more money, God, as soon as I have more time, as soon as I have more energy, God, as soon as I have more resources, as soon as I'm better educated, God, as soon as the kids grow up, as soon as my life is not as busy and is not as crazy, God, then I'll step out. But I wonder, church, if we're going to miss our defining moment because we're waiting for the circumstances to be perfect before we're willing to trust in God to step out. Because, church, let me ask you something. When are you ever going to be not busy? When are you ever going to have enough money? If that day comes, you come find us, we will find use for it. When are you ever going to have enough time? When are you ever going to have enough energy? When is that day going to come? When is the time going to be right? See, uh, there's a lot of times in our lives that the timing isn't right, but God can use that to do incredible things. When we found out we were pregnant with our second daughter, Claire, um, we cried tears. They weren't happy tears. They were tears of panic. They were tears of worry because Olivia had, uh, she was just barely one years, one year old, and man, that child broke us. That, That child... That child broke us. And, and we, when we had Claire, we're like, it's too soon. We weren't ready. God, we're not ready for this. You know, we're, we're, we're going to have two under two. We can't handle this, God. We can't handle the one. God, what are we going to do with the two? We can't handle the one. God, I remember looking over to my wife as, as we were freaking out about this. And I, I think through tears, I said, honey, what if Olivia is the good one? What are we getting ourselves into? And there was fear and there was worry because the timing wasn't right. I'm like, God, we wanted to wait a little longer. We wanted to have a little more money. We wanted to wait until the circumstances lined up. But you know what? Claire is the most incredible child. She just turned three, so that's why I'm bragging on her a little bit. She is sunshine and puppy dogs and rainbows and unicorns. Man, She is the joy of the Surratt household. And, man, in the even though... The, the, the storm, the circumstance wasn't right. She, she became one of the most, I don't want to say she's my favorite, but. <laughs> now I've got, I've got the new one now, so he's pretty sweet too. <laughs> See, if our, you know, if, if our parents had waited till the time was right, man, none of us would be here. It would be an empty place. If our parents had waited for the time to be right, I was adopted. I know, I know my time wasn't right when I came along. But man, I'm glad, I'm glad God could use something in the middle of the storm when the time wasn't right, 
when the circumstances didn't line up, when everything wasn't laid out and all the ducks weren't in the road, that he could speak in the middle of the chaos and that he's still God in the middle of the storm, church. I'm glad for a God that can be powerful in the midst of the storm. So for some of you today, I believe God is going to work in the middle of your storm and he's going to turn your chaos into a defining moment. Verse 28 says this, Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. 29 says, Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and onto the water walking toward Jesus. We just talked about the storm stage. The second stage of your defining moment is the step stage. And I love, what I love about this is that, that Peter is talking, he says, Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come to you. And he's like, Lord, if it's really, like, he's not sure. He's getting ready to, to put himself out there. But even in the midst of that, he's not sure if it's Jesus. Can I, can I tell you something to just, like, give you some freedom and set you free here a little? Can I, can I give you something that I hope will just, like, unlock something inside of you? I'm setting myself. This better be a good truth, Daniel. I'm setting myself here. As, you can pray. You can read the word. You can go talk to your friends. You can find counsel. Man, you can, you can listen to worship music. You can, you can get on your face. You can fast. You can do everything you know to do to hear from God. And I believe God will speak. I believe God gives us peace. I believe God speaks through people. All, but at the end of the day, when you're talking about hearing God and stepping out into faith, you're still, it's still your best guess. Still your best guess. That... There, I mean, at the, you know, the, the end of the day, hearing God, it's still us taking in all those things and saying, okay, God, if it's you, here I go. You know, that, that we're not, we're not, we can't always, certainty's not always there. That, that it's still, at the end of the day, we take in all these things and we say, okay, God, I think this is you. I think this is you in the middle of this, God. God, here I go. But don't you think that, that God realizes how he speaks to us? That, that he knows that and that even, even if you step, what if you step out and it's not going, even if you step out that God can't catch you, that God can't fix the situation, that God can't work in the midst of that, that if your heart is after him, that if your heart is seeking him, that he's going to speak to you, that he's going to guide you. And even if you don't step everywhere perfectly, even if you miss it sometimes, that there's still grace and there's still mercy for you. So there's freedom. Even if we can step, even if we miss it sometimes, even if we're wrong, it's still our guess and God knows that. So be free to do something crazy for God. Be free to step out. See, and the thing that I love here in this is that Peter didn't pray like I would have prayed in this moment. Like I would have, if this was me, if I was Peter in this story, and I'm like, okay, Lord, if it's really you, here's the prayer I would have prayed. If it's really you, God, make the storm stop. Uh, God, do you see these wind and waves? Can you, can you calm this down first? That's how I would have prayed. I would have prayed for the circumstance to change. I would have prayed for the things around me to change. I would have prayed, God, for the storm to stop. I would have prayed for the money to come in. I would have prayed for the provision to come in first. I would have prayed for the road to open up and for me to see the path before I would have stepped out and walked. But Peter didn't pray this way. Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Peter didn't pray for a change in circumstance. Get this. Peter didn't pray for a change in circumstance. He prayed for a command. He prayed for a word. And Jesus said to him, come, come on. And Peter steps out of that boat on the word of Jesus. Guys, when Peter steps off the side of this boat, he's not stepping onto water. 
He was stepping onto the word of God. He was stepping onto the word of God. He wasn't stepping out into water. And when, you st- when Jesus tells you to come, when you get the word of God inside of you and you say, man, I know God's, God's telling me to do this. God's telling me when you get the word and you step out onto the word, church, let me tell you something. God will turn what should not be stable. God would turn what you should not be able to walk on. He will turn that into solid ground. He will turn that into sure footing. And people look at you, how are you doing this? How are you making this possible? And you'll say, I have no idea, but I know that God is doing it. He'll give you the resources. He'll give you the provision. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the time. He'll give you the ideas. He'll give you the courage. He'll give you the bravery. He'll turn what you should not be able to put your foot on. He'll turn it into solid ground because you're not stepping out into the water. You're stepping out into the word of God. So we don't step out because of circumstances. We step out because God tells us to. We step out unto the word. Verse 30 says this. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. So we looked at the storm. We looked at the step. Third stage of stepping out is the sink stage. As Peter's walking toward Jesus, the waves suddenly become bigger than the word. He had stepped out into the word. He was doing good. And all of a sudden, the waves become too much. And he starts to sink. I don't know about you, but man, isn't it so easy to get discouraged? Isn't it, so, isn't it funny how easily we can, we can have all this victory and we can do these great things and then boom, just out of nowhere, discouragement can come. Maybe it can be in a Facebook post. It can be in an email. It can be in a text. It can be in something that you, you read or something that you overhear from someone. All of a sudden, Man, your whole day, your whole day is ruined. You're just taken out at the knees by discouragement. Maybe it's just this feeling of being overwhelmed or this feeling. You kind of, you kind of start to like look at yourself like, what am I doing? Holy, why did I think I could do this? This, this really happened to me once. I was a delivery driver for about six years, and um, you know, it, was, it was great work at the time. I was an independent contractor, so I, uh, I, I didn't have any days off. The only time off I ever had was when um, our children were born, and that was it. Never took vacation, anything like that. Couldn't miss a day of work. Uh, rain or shine, you know, out in the snow, out in the, the ice, all that stuff had to be out there. Spent, um, you know, 12-plus hours a day, over 1,000 miles a week in a little compact uh, Nissan Sentra, and uh, that's why I have this. I, I'm always hunched over a little bit is because of the time I had during this job. And so I was like, God, I, I need to get out of this job. God, I just, I need you to open a door for me. God, I need a defining moment. I need, I need something, God, that you just ordained miraculously for me. I'm in the middle of the storm. I need a defining moment. And uh, my wife's, one of my wife's best friends, her father owned an engineering company. And so I was able to finally, after just a lot of begging, get an interview at this company. And I was, I was just, I was going to be the low man on the totem pole. I was, I don't care if I come in and scrub toilets, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the grunt, you know, awful job is, I'll do that job. I just need to get into a better situation. And so I go and interview, and I was, I was just interviewing to be a drafter, which is like the, the lowest uh, position that they had in the engineering company. And so I was going to be a drafter. And then after the interview, the, the guy who interviewed me, who was the president of the company, said, you know, I don't think this position is right for you. And I'm like, dang it. Uh, I, was just, I was like, okay, well. But he's like, but I've got this position in business development that I think you would be perfect for. Business development is like business-to-business type sales. And and so I ended up becoming a business development coordinator 
at this firm. Now, let me tell you something. I had, the, the company did oil and gas type engineering. I had no idea about any of this stuff. I, I didn't know a terminal from, you know, a hole in the wall. And it's like, I had no idea what we did, the pipelines. It took me like a year to figure out what we actually did, like to understand like what, what I was actually supposed to do at work. And now all of a sudden I'm supposed to go out and like meet people and, and sell this stuff and like meet with engineers who are like degreed professionals. And I'm like some slack former delivery driver. You know, it's like, what am, what am I doing in this? And I remember, I remember sitting like at my desk so many times at this job going, God, what am I doing here? God, they're going to find out I'm a fraud. God, they're going to find out that I have, I have no uh, ability to do this job. God, that I have, I have no way of, of being this person that this company needs me to be. God, I'm, I'm a fraud. God, I, what am I doing? And, and the, the waves of discouragement, the waves of doubt, the waves of fear would, would come in crashing and out. It would begin to sink. You ever, you ever felt that way? Like when you step out, God, what am I doing? God, why, why would you put me in this position, God? Are you setting me up just to fail? God, how can I, how can I step out, God, and, and, and do what? God, I'm not qualified. God, I'm not educated enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And, and you, just, you begin to sink. Can I, can I tell you something that, that I also hope will, will just set you free this morning? When I was looking at this story, this, this is real big. I think sinking is a part of the process of walking on the water. I think sinking is a part of it. I, I think it's in this story for a reason, that when you step out and you do something great for God, when you put yourself out there, when you do something that's big, there are going to be, count it, put it on the calendar, print the shirt, there are going to be times when you sink. There are going to be times when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel underqualified, when you feel that you can't do it, when you feel at the end of the rope, it's going to happen. We dog on Peter for sinking, but I think it's in there for a reason. Because I think anytime you do something great for God, you're going to reach the point where you can't do it anymore. And in the midst of that, I love what Peter says here. He prays, save me, Lord. Not something fancy, but in desperation, he says three words, save me, Lord. And I want to tell you, if you have never have a time in your life, when that is all you can muster to pray, you need to get a bigger vision for what God wants to do in your life. Because there are times when, it, when all you can do is pray, God, save me, Lord. That's all I got. Jesus, that's all I got right now. Save me, Lord. But I love, why, why do you think Jesus sets this up in the story? Why do you think he allows Peter to sink? Couldn't he have supernaturally kept him from sinking? Sure. But he allows Peter to sink. And why does he do that? I believe it's for this reason. In verse 31, it says, Jesus immediately, immediately reached out and grabbed him. Jesus is closest to Peter when? When he started to sink. When he started to sink is when Jesus was closest to him. Well, all the time, Peter's walking, and, and he's heading toward Jesus, and he gets his eyes on the wind, and he gets his eyes on the waves, and he's like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't make this happen, and he starts to sink. The whole time that he's sinking, Jesus, even though Peter got his eyes on the wind and the waves, Jesus never took his eyes off of Peter, and he kept heading toward him. And the moment Peter starts to sink, the moment he cries out, save me, Lord. I can't do this, God. I can't make this happen anymore. Jesus is there and he immediately reaches down and grabs him. Church, I want to tell you something. In the middle of that time when you sink, in the middle of that time when you feel like you're at the end of the rope, in the middle of that time when you feel underqualified, when you feel like you can't do it, when you feel like you can't make it happen anymore, 
when you feel like you have nothing left to give, I want to tell you, if you cry out to God, if you make an earnest prayer to him, if you say, God, save me, God, I need you, God, I can't do this anymore, God, I can't live like this anymore, God, I need a touch from you, I need a miracle from you, immediately he's going to reach down. And he's going to get you. He's going to grab you. And he's going to pull you up out of despair. He's going to pull you up out of discouragement, church. And he's going to give you new hope. He's going to give you new footing. He's going to give you new life. Immediately, he reached down and grabbed him. When we step out in faith into our defining moment, Jesus is always closer than we realize. It's closer than you realize, church. You may not feel it. You may not sense it. I'll tell you, if you'll believe it in faith, he's closer than you realize. He's closer than you realize. He's right there to pull you out of the despair, to pull you out of the darkness. If you do something, if you step out for him, he's there. When you do great things for God, he's closer than you realize. We had the storm. We had the step. We had the sink. Finally, verse 32, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. The final stage of stepping out is the sun stage. See, Peter gets back in the boat. And what I, what I think is interesting in this story is that no one gives him any attention at all. They don't give him the attaboys. They're like, Peter, that was incredible. You just walked on water. Peter, how was that? Like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Peter, you're amazing. You're, you're our leader. You're our guy. Peter, you did so good that you don't see that anywhere in this story. Peter walked on water, and they get back in the boat, and what happens? Everyone worships Jesus. See, Peter walked on water, but Jesus got the glory. And the reason why God calls you and God calls me to step out into our defining moment to do something great for the kingdom of God is not for you, and it's not for me, but it's for the glory of God that God is writing a story through humanity, a story of redemption, a story of taking what was lost and making it found, a story of taking what was discarded and thrown away and showing it love and turning the broken into the beautiful. And he wants to use you and you and you and you and you and you. And he wants to use me and he wants us to be a part of that story, church. Not because we can build a great thing, not because we can say core church is great or this ministry that I start is great or the thing I'm doing is great but he wants to use you and he wants to use me to bring his glory and his kingdom on this earth so that his name and his name alone may be worshipped so that God may be glorified and people can see the hope of Jesus Christ when he operates through broken vessels like you and like me. Church, God wants to call us into something that we can't do by ourselves, that there is no way that we can make happen. That lady from Nightlight Tulsa, incredible story. Of, of what she was, what she's doing. The the lady that was uh, starting the um, the anti-human trafficking, incredible story. I, I don't know, I, I can I can't remember their name. So, I, I mean, how many of you guys can actually remember the name of the, the the woman that's running it? But we see what God's doing through her because it's not about her, and it's not about you, and it's not about me. But I want to be written into the story that God is doing, this story of redemption for humanity, this story of redemption and hope. See, this, this, is, this is what your salvation is about, church. It's not about, just, it's not about just you. And it is about God redeeming you and writing you in to a large story of redemption that starts at the cross and ends with his return. 
And I want to be a part of that. And I know to be a part of that, I can't sit and I can't soak and I can't play it safe. But I've got to get out of the boat. I've got to step out into the word of God. I've got to say, God, there's only one way I'm going to do this, God, and it's with you. And Jesus, even if I sin, God, even if I get my eyes off you, God, I'm going to trust you're going to be there, God, because I'm hungry to see your glory. I'm hungry to see your name lifted high, God. I'm tired of seeing your name trampled. I'm tired of seeing your name torn down, God. I want to see your glory manifested in my family, God. I want to see your glory come, Lord, to our churches and to our schools and to our cities, God. Well, your name is once again worshiped. See, church, at the beginning of this, we looked at four obstacles and stepping out to our defining moment. We, we asked when. Well, now we realize that there's no perfect moment, that our defining moment often comes at the worst time possible, but that God may be calling us into our defining moment in the middle of our storm, in the middle of our chaos. We looked at what, and we discovered that we don't look to our circumstances to determine what we do. We look to the Word of God. We step out unto His Word. We step out into His command. Maybe we need to stop praying that God changes in circumstance, and we need to start praying, God, speak to me. God, give me a command. God, it can be in the middle. If you don't change a single thing about this storm that's raging on in my life, God, give me a command. Tell me to come. Tell me to step out, God, and I'll do it. Step out into the Word of God. We looked at worry. Well, what's going to happen if I fail? What's going to happen if I mess up? Guess what? It's going to happen. You're going to fail. You're going to slink. You're going to have those moments where you become overwhelmed. But in those moments is when Jesus is closest to us. It's in those moments that he immediately reaches down and he reaches out his hand and he pulls us up. And we ask, why do we want to do this in the first place? Isn't it easier just to play it safe? It is. But God wants to use you and he wants to use me and he wants to write us in to the story of his glory. And this is about the glory of God, church. This is about the glory of God. Stepping out is not for you. It's not so you can get a bigger car. It's not so you can get a boat. It's not so you can have some great thing in your life. Those things are fine. Stepping out is about the glory of God. It's about God doing something great in your life so that you can point, man, it's not me. It's not me. I don't know how I'm doing this. All I know is God is at work inside of me. For some of you today, you may be on the verge of the defining moment. You may know what it is. You already may have something in mind of, of like, I'm wrestling with this. I'm struggling with this. And some of you, maybe it's, maybe it's just time to put these put those W's away to put that the when, the what, the worry, the why. Put it away and say, God, all right, I'm going to step out. God, you've already spoken to me. You've already, you've already given me the word, God. It's time for me to get out of the boat, to step out in faith. For others of you, maybe you're in this place and, and you're, you say, you know, I want, I want that. I want, I want to have a, a defining moment life. I want to have a life that makes a difference. God, I don't, I don't know what to do. And maybe for you, it, you need to, to pray this morning. You need to ask God this week, God, what is the thing that you would have me do, God? What's my defining moment? Well, God, what's the, what's the thing you need me to step out into, God? Show me. Open, open up the door, God, and give me the command to speak so that I can step out into what you want me to do. Let's pray. God, I just thank you, Lord, for, uh, for this group of people here, God. I believe, Lord, that this is a group, God, that wants to see your glory here on earth. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to ask right now for some of you, we covered a lot today, but I want to take a few moments to pray for some of you. Some of you uh, feel like you're in the middle of the storm. You're in that storm stage that we talked about and, and you're like, Daniel, I just, I'm in the middle of the storm and I just, I don't see God at work in the middle of the storm. It's, it's beating me down 
and, and you're, you say that Jesus is coming close to me, but I don't, I don't see it, Daniel. I, just, I don't see it. I need faith to see that this morning. I want to pray with you that God would give you the faith to see him at work in the middle of the storm. If that's you this morning, you're saying, I'm in the storm, and I need to see Jesus in the middle of that. Would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? And hands going up all over the place. Thank you. Uh, for some of you, uh, we talked about how you, you need a word from God. You need to know, like, God, I want to do something big with my life. I don't know, God. I don't, I don't know what that is, God. I, I hear all these great causes, um, but God, I need to know what it is that you want from my life. I want to pray for you this morning as well. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, God, would you speak to me something to do? Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and finally, um, some of you that um, God's already placed something in your heart. God's kind of spoken to you already. You have a cause. You have something. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's um, fostering. Maybe it's going on a missions trip. I don't. There's maybe it's serving on a court team. I don't. There's something that you feel like you're on the verge of, and you're 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 like Peter on the side of the boat, and you're like God. You've given me the word, but I need the faith to step out. Uh, I want to pray for you this morning as well. If if that's you, you say yeah, yeah. I know what it is, but I will you raise your hand as well? Thank you, man. That's a lot of you. Wow, that's that's more than that's great. God, I just pray for those that raise their hand. Um, God, for any of these the areas that we mentioned, God, I pray for those that are in the middle of the storm. God, that you would speak to them right now. God, that you would show yourself strong in their life. God, that they could see you at work. God, that you're working in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos to orchestrate an incredible defining moment for them. Uh, Lord, I pray for those that say, God, I don't know what it is. God, I want, I want to do something great, but I just, I don't know. God, I pray you speak to them. God, you begin to give for them uh, visions and dreams about what you want to do with their life, God. Something great for the glory of God. God, to weave our story into the great story that you're writing, the story of redemption. And God, for those that said, Lord, you've spoken, and, and we need faith, God. We need that faith to get out of the side of the boat and to step out on the water. God, I pray that you would do that for them. Finally, for those of you that are in this place that... Um, Maybe your, your journey of faith is getting ready to start today. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never uh, given your life and, and said, I'm going to trust in Christ with my life. And, and God's brought you here divinely today for this moment. If you're here and you've never made a decision to become a Christ for all, I want to tell you it's all, what God wants from you is for you to turn from your sin, it's for you to turn from the things that you know are against the heart of God and he wants you to lay down your life and say, Daniel, from this moment on, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to follow. I believe that he came. I believe that he died for my sins. I want to follow him. I want to put my trust and hope in him that whatever he would say, I'm going to do, that I'm going to give myself fully to him. See, salvation, it's, this prayer we're getting ready to pray doesn't have some magical voodoo stuff. I mean, it's, it's just a declaration that we're saying, God, from this moment forward, I'm going to follow you. So if you want to pray that prayer this morning and you want to mean it, I want to pray that with you, but I want to know who you are. With every head bowed, this is a safe place. But I want to know if you're saying, Daniel, I'm willing. I want to make that decision today to follow Christ with all that I have. Will you raise your hand? Thank you. See a hand over there. Anyone else? I want to follow Christ. I want to give my life. Thank you in the back. I see you. Anyone else? Give my life to Christ for the first time today. I surrender myself completely to him. Court Church, I want, I want us to pray this together. Pray it out loud in support of those that just made this decision. Uh, so I'm going to pray and just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. From this day forward, I commit my life to you. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of your grace. From this moment on, 
I am yours and you are mine. Jesus, I will follow you. Jesus, I will follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Core Church, can we clap our hands and celebrate changed lives here this morning?